Hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Nearly 25 years ago when I was 25 and just married, Lisa and myself, we scraped all the money we had together to buy our first home. And there's a saying, and it goes like this, uh, you want to buy the worst home on the best street. Well, I don't know about the, the best street, but we certainly brought the worst home. It was one of the worst homes going around Ashburnham. It was a weatherboard place. Uh, weatherboards needed to be replaced on the outside because they were rotten, and inside it needed a whole lot of work. But we could see the potential in this place, and uh, I'm a house painter by trade, so I had the skill set to come in and uh, renovate and do up uh, this house. But it took a, a lot of work cutting out the rock, painting the outside, and then when we got onto the inside, man, it was rough as well. There was a real horrible red stain that was covering beautiful Rimu, so I scraped that back. Uh, the carpet was terrible. Um, it was worn through to the floorboards and places, and where they'd moved walls, you could see where the walls used to be in the carpet. Um, but we could see the potential, and we didn't have any children back then, but we did have a cat, and her name was Holly Darling. She wasn't always a darling, and one time, uh, one night she did a poo behind the couch, and it was a wet one, you know, and I said to Lisa, I'll deal with that. The carpet was so bad that all I did was get some, I got some scissors and I just cut the carpet out and threw it out that way. The carpet was so bad that it was easy to sort out and so we just had another hole behind the couch that didn't, didn't matter. But that was what the house was like. But as we could uh, afford some paint and afford some weatherboards, we just went through bit by bit by bit. And when we didn't have any money, I just kept stripping back that red stain and it, it ended up turning out really nice our place and the potential came into reality but what I also want to say that at the very same time God was renovating a house and he was renovating this house because God doesn't dwell in temples made with hands he dwells within us he wants to establish his kingdom and his throne in our mind and in our hearts is that right and so at the same time God was cutting out the rock in here Stripping back some bad mindsets up here. And God could see the potential in me. I couldn't even see it myself, but the, the master builder could see the potential and what he wanted to do. And isn't life so much about learning, unlearning, and relearning and changing mindsets? The title of my message today is Binding the Strong Man. And I'm going to be reading in Matthew 12, verse 29. But I want to tell you what happens leading up to this. There was a man, and he was blind, and he could not speak because of a demon. And Jesus comes along, and he casts the demon out. And this man could then speak and see. And the crowd were like going, is this the son of David, the Messiah, the chosen one? And the Pharisees, those silly old Pharisees, they were going, no, 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 no. This man threw the demon out through the power of Beelzebul. 
And Jesus is just like, you're stupid. <laughs> you stupid Pharisees. That doesn't make any sense. A kingdom divided against itself will not conquer. Why would Beelzebub want to cast out a demon when he's got possession? That's just yeah. crazy. But they didn't want to acknowledge who Jesus was. Yes. And uh, so this morning I'm going to be talking about demonic realms. And some churches, all they talk about is the demonic. Other churches don't talk about it at all. We just kind of sit somewhere in the middle. We understand that there is demonic realms, but we choose to live with our eyes on Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? We don't go chasing the demonic. We put our eyes on Jesus Christ. We worship him. We lift him up. We honor him. And he can show us the schemes of the enemy, can't he? I mean, the devil's a liar. So why would you go chasing him anyway? Let's, let's get our eyes on the way, the truth, and the life. And let him show us and reveal some things. So Matthew 12, verse 29 says this. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? The strong man that Jesus is talking about is Satan. And here we had a soul under Satan's power and held captive by him. Satan wants to blind our eyes, keep us in darkness, and seal up our lips from prayer. And this is what had happened. We, though, in Christ, have the power to bind him and to cast him out. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Jesus has given us the power and authority and the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And so this man was under, under demonic influence and under, to a certain degree, Satan's power. <coughs> Demons are thieves looking for dwelling places that do not belong to them. And so here we had a strong man, a demonic influence. And for me, when I grew up, uh, when I got into my teenage years and I was probably trying to find my identity and who I was, I opened the door to alcohol. And for me, the enemy got in and got a foothold, and then he worked with that foothold and it became a stronghold. So strong, in fact, that I was in the kingdom of darkness. The routines of my life were terrible. I was lost. Uh, my identity was lost. I was in the kingdom of darkness and I couldn't see a way out. But thankfully, over the years, some seeds of Christianity have been sown into my life. And at the age of 23, when invited to a church, I went along. And I actually encountered God there. I could sense Him in the atmosphere. And when the, the gospel was preached that Jesus loves us so much, He died on a cross for us to set us free. It stirred my heart. It really did. And I'd like to say that I was instantly delivered and set free, but it was not like that for me. I was flatting with non-Christians, and it was they had a strong influence on my life, so my life looked like this for some time, where I'd be drinking alcohol and going to church. And, but while I was drinking alcohol, I was like convicted, and I never ever used to have any conviction, but now I did. You shouldn't be doing this. And then when I went to church, I got convicted because I'd been drinking. Oh, 
man, I should have been drinking and my lifestyle was out of order. And so I felt convicted both ways. And so it was like tug of war was going on for my soul. But eventually I got tired of the feeling of, of feeling terrible and dishonouring God by drinking and living that lifestyle that I moved out of the flat I was in. And I got a place all of my own. And I then entered into the loneliest uh, time of my life. Uh, I was close to God, but away from all friends. And I had to empty out my old life to live a new life. I had to cut off old connections to live a new life. And again, it was, I was lonely. I was empty. I was vulnerable. I was lost for a period of time. But thankfully, over time, I began to rebuild my life. Instead of going into hotels, I was now going into church. And instead of going into rugby and cricket club rooms, I was now going to life group. And I built Christian friends. But it took a period of time, and I did feel empty and vulnerable for some time. But I was able to rebuild my life and fill it with the things of God. Which takes me to my next scripture, Matthew 12, verse 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of the man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came, and when he comes, he finds it empty. Can everybody say, he finds it empty? <laughs> Swept and put in order. And again, this isn't talking about a house, it's talking about this house. The body of a person. Then, he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first, so shall it also be with the, this wicked generation. So I've seen it plenty of times over the years where people come to church and they get saved and set free, but their house or their being stays empty, and the demonic influence leaves for a time, but then it's like, where do I go now? I'll go back to where I was. Oh, it's swept out, it's empty, I'm a squatter, I'm going to come back here and bring my friends. And that's what the demonic wants to do. So it's so important that when we come to Christ and we're living for Christ, that we fill our lives with Christ, yeah. that we meditate day and night on the Word of God and we read it. We pray without ceasing. We make a commitment to our local church and to a life group and to fellowship and go on for God because if we only get saved, set, saved, delivered and set free and don't do anything, we remain empty and the demonic will return and it will be uh, sevenfold worse for that person and I have seen this. And so that's why it's so important that we fill our lives with Christ. That we... You know, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. That's roots down deep. And so when we come to Christ, we live out our commitment to Him. Now, I want to go back to Matthew 12, verse 29. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? Uh, a great Bible teacher in the 80s and 90s, Derek Prince, identified strong men over nations. And it's very powerful. Over 
the nation of Australia, the, the strong man or the strong de demonic influence is rejection for the way that country was birthed. In England, it's pride. In America, probably uh, no surprise here, it's rebellion. But over every country, there is a demonic stronghold that we need to wage warfare on. And over New Zealand, the strong demonic influence over New Zealand is indifference, or we might say it as apathy. Wow. Wow. And what the spirit does is like this. Yeah, nah. Have you heard that saying? Yeah, nah. Yeah. Hey, you're going to come to church? Yeah, nah. Yeah. Go to life group? Yeah, nah. Yeah. Are you reading the word? Reading the word of God? Yeah, nah. Are you praying? Yeah, nah. What, what they're saying is, yes, I should be doing that, but nah, I'll just do what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, I, if I feel like it, I'll go to life group. Yeah, nah. I don't want to commit because I might just want to be lazy on, yeah. on life group nah, night. And, and another saying is, um, she'll be right. Yeah. Like, she'll be right. Yeah, nah, she'll be right. It's just that apathy saying that's crept into our language. She'll be right, I'll just take it casual, I'll just do what I please, and she'll be right. And another one is, well, play it by ear. That means I won't commit to anything. Just play it by ear. If I feel like doing something, I will. So this is the strong man over New Zealand. And I want you to know, it does have an effect on our nation and the churches in New Zealand. The churches aren't growing and thriving in New Zealand. Have you noticed that? Is it apathy? I think so. This is what it means. Lack of feeling, emotion, interest or concern. People under the spirit have no excitement, motivation or passion. The apathetic may lack a sense of purpose, worth or meaning for their life. They are instead sluggish and tired. If we're not fighting, you backslide by default into this apathy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it happens in the church. I don't think lockdown helped us with that. That's right. Did you know that in other countries, people get excited when the Word of God is preached? Yeah. They get really excited when the Word of God is preached. Man, we got to see Pastor Samuel Rodriguez in Melbourne, Australia, and that place was going off. I love Pastor T.D. Jakes, yes. the bishop. Yeah. It takes him about 50 minutes to preach a word because when he preaches, the, the crowd and the congregation start preaching back. He'll say something like, God is able. And honestly, I want to go to the Potter's house in Texas. When he can say God is able, people in the congregation will stand up and start to celebrate and sing and dance and say, God is able, and they preach back to them. So then he'll say it again, God is able. And they actually jump up off their seats. And they'll go, yeah, he's able, and they'll oh. And then he'll do it again, God is able. Oh, 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 oh,
glow. God is able, Pilate. <laughs> I want to be part of a church like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Could it be apathy that we're just like, yeah, now nah, I wonder what this guy's got to give today. <laughs> yeah, nah. nah, she'll be right, Jack. <laughs> I'll just play this one by ear. <laughs> we don't have to sit under this. Under the spirit. Like who, who's enjoyed Pastor Lucky? I mean, this guy's been saved about three years. Do you know what I love? His passion. Yes. There is no apathy in that man. Yeah. He's a fighter. He's got vision. He's got passion. He wants to see New Zealand changed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if anything else, just catch his passion. Yeah. Man, I love that about him. And again, what about our Anzacs? I mean, they, we, they fought for a cause. That we would be free people. I wonder if we've got that same fighting spirit today, or are we sitting under apathy? And I'm yeah. talking about the spiritual battle. Yeah. And our and all blacks, I mean, they're not sitting under apathy. Yeah. They're training hard, they're focused, they're dedicated, they're committed. They don't, they don't sit under apathy. We don't have to sit under the spirit. Yeah, and right. what about our America's Cup campaign? They're not like, oh, oh, she'll be right, Jack. <laughs> I mean, they're testing things, aren't they? They're, they're pushing boundaries. I mean, they're pioneering. They're on the cutting edge. How do we beat America? Yeah. NASA and all that money. Yeah. There's no, oh, she'll be right, Jack. <laughs> Got about another eight wire around that. <laughs> hope she holds together. <laughs> I mean, we can choose to sit under apathy or yes. not. So I want to awaken the church today. Yes. Don't sit under apathy. And there's people in this house that aren't sitting under apathy. I mean, the, the Roberts, I mean, they're an amazing couple. They're serving, they're faithful, they're committed, they've got vision, they've got purpose. I mean, uh, the lies, I mean, they're stepping up. And the Sows, I mean, Don, I mean, uh, he's not retiring. He's at the boxing academy, he's in the business team, he's preaching in rest time. We don't have to sit under apathy. The, the Renee family, I mean, what an amazing family, all growing and going on for God. We don't have to sit under the Spirit. So examine yourself this morning. Am I sitting under apathy? Am I like tired and sluggish and... Oh, she'll be right. <laughs> we'll just play this one by ear. Yeah. We don't have to sit under it. But I can prove to you this morning that apathy's in this church because in other countries in, of the world, the church is growing. Growing in rapid numbers. People are being reached. People are being discipled. The word of God is going out. But... Uh, but the, the Spirit can hit every church. And for example, we all know that we are to preach the Word of God. In season and out of season. That the Gospel is the power unto salvation. We all know that. Who's preached the Gospel to somebody in the last month? One hand, two hands straight up. Like shared their testimony. Oh, like, is that a remnant? Like, I think I, I had about five hands here, and we understand that the gospel is the power of salvation. Yeah. The gospel unlocks yeah. people from darkness and delight. Yes. Yes. 
Could it be because, be because we're under apathy? And what about discipleship? The word says that we are to go into all the world and make disciples. Who is strategic about discipleship? Either you're weekly, in a weekly, every week you're discipling somebody or being discipled by somebody in a strategic and intentional. Because we are to make disciples of all nations. Who's doing that at the moment? Every week. You're strategic. You're dedicated to it. Discipleship. Yeah. You've been discipled or discipled. Hands up. Ooh. Do you see that? Do you think this could be because of apathy? Like we all know that. Yeah. Yeah. Preaching the word of God. Yeah. Nah. Making disciples. Yeah. Nah. Do you think apathy can be creeping into the church? That we're not fighting for the things that we should be fighting for. Yes, I mean. And what about the reading of the Word of God and your prayer? You can answer that for yourself. Are you committed to daily reading and devotion time? What about praying without ceasing? Are we those people always living in that place of prayer and commitment to the Lord? Yeah, nah. Or yeah. Yeah. And, and hospitality. Hospitality is a powerful tool. When you invite somebody into your home as a non-Christian or somebody that's come into the church, it's a powerful tool. Who's, who's given hospitality in the last month? Not bad, not bad, not bad. That's better. But can we be under apathy? And, and please hear me. I'm not wanting anybody to feel bad this morning. We all start in different places. And for some people, life hasn't been kind to you. You've been knocked around. You've had your confidence knocked. And, and you know, just the fact that you're here is incredible. And God's just starting to put you back together out of brokenness and, and stuff. And your time is going to come. So that's okay. We're all at different places. But... I'm not wanting anybody to feel bad, but what I am wanting to do this morning is expose the spirit of apathy. Because when you're preaching up here, you can see people sluggish, half awake, half, awake, half, half asleep. Lisa gets amazed. She'll be worship leading and she'll see people like this. And then she'll talk to them afterwards and they go, that was amazing worship. And she'll go, really? <laughs>
can we wake up this morning? Can we recognise the demonic stronghold over this nation and that it can be impacting and influencing us? God wants to bring revival to this land today. Amen. Amen. God wants to see breakthrough in this land. Why is the church not growing? Is it because of the spirit of apathy? I think so. Other places in the world it's growing. Can the church wake up? And remember, it's about filling our lives, not just emptying, but filling. And so can you be strategic about what you want to do? Be committed to Sunday morning church attendance. Be committed to a life group. Be committed to prayer. Be committed to reading the Word of God. Yes. Make a commitment. No more, yeah, nah. It's our yes is yes. Yes to the things of God and no to the things of this world. Can I get Jono up on the keys now, please? 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not warfare according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I mean, there we see arguments, knowledge, thoughts. The battlefield's up here. This is where the battle takes place. It's just like renovating a house. You've got to cut out some rock. You've got to strip back some old stain and change our thinking patterns to bring them into alignment with God's Word. What's going to change? We've got to put it into action. The Bible says that without a vision, the people perish. Without a vision, the people perish. I might put it this way. Without a vision, the people just fall under apathy. Yeah. What's the vision God has for your life? What's your gifting? What's your calling? What's your purpose? What does God want you to step into? Because people with a vision are less likely to fall under the spirit of apathy than those without. So get in touch with the calling and the plans and purposes God has for you. Imagine if I asked next week, who shared their faith, shared their testimony this week, and every hand went up. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the church would be growing? Yes. Imagine if I was able to ask the church, who was committed to discipleship, and every hand went up. Do you think the church would be growing? Yes. Right now, examine yourself. Do you think the spirit of empathy could be affecting your life? stand to our feet we don't have to sit under the spirit can you preach back to me this morning God is good God is good can you dance and sing around and sing and jump around a little bit our God is able sit under that spirit anymore. You know the enemy, he has been working on your parents and their parents and their parents. This spirit's been around a very, very long time. 
generation after generation. But we can be the breakthrough generation. Moses led the people out of slavery. And they were right there in front of the promised land. But he could not lead the people into the promised land. Why? Because they still had a slave mentality. So God had to pass that generation by for Joshua and Caleb to rise up with a new generation to go in and take the promised land. I don't want God to pass this generation by. I don't know about you, I want to be the breakthrough generation. I want to be the generation that takes the promised land, takes the promises of God, gets out of the out of the door and sees this nation one for Christ. I want to be like David and take that big sword and cut that giant's head off. The giant can't speak when his head's cut off. Can we cut the head of apathy off today? I think we can. Can we just lift our hands and begin to pray? And can you pray with me and pray your own prayer? We're going to have a prayer meeting right now. Lord, we lift you up. We honor you. Let there be a sound of prayer in the house this morning. Let there be a sound of prayer. Lord, we lift you up. We honor you. We worship you. We praise you. We put our eyes on you. Lord, we declare that you are great and you are mighty. And Lord, we declare that we will no longer sit under the spirit of apathy. We are cutting the head off that today. There will be no more yeah, no, but our yes will be yes. And we will go under the plan after the plans and purposes of God. Lord, we want to be warriors. We want to be fighters. Lord, this Anzac Day, we stand and we declare we will be on the front, Lord. Lord, we will see your kingdom come. We will see the powers of darkness push back. If we come against apathy, we cut the head off apathy right now. We will not sit under that spirit and we will not leave our houses empty, but we will build into our houses, Lord, the worship you desire, the prayer you desire, the word of God. We will fill up a fellowship with the Lord. We will rise up and be people of God.